Hi, <laughs> yeah. Uh, good, good. Okay, so can uh, first thing, can I use your real names? Yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. That's fine. Good. That that saves the problem of me saying something and you waiting for somebody else to respond. So that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> and we're um, talking in the collective we, so. Right. Right. Now, just uh, out of curiosity, where are you guys roughly in the podcast cavalcade slash waterfall slash Niagara of speech? Well, I'm right at the base of Niagara Falls. I've gone pretty much all the way through them. I've just missed out quite a few. I, I didn't uh, listen to them exactly like like in the numbered order i just flicked around but you right. know it's yeah yeah so we're going to deal with lack of commitment and i'm just kidding okay so that sounds <laughs> uh, that sounds good um and and uh yourself me yeah i'm too scared to talk yeah we're just in you want to with... like, if you have a webcam I, i'm happy to do hand gestures or if you have hand puppets <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we don't have one of those. That's a lot easier than actually listening to people because I can just make up what I need then. So (laughs) better. I think we've just been uh, talking about our anxiety issues as well. Um, Uh, Well, what is that? Like, what is the worst case scenario? Look, I don't, I don't have to use this. Uh, You guys have, if it ever gets released anywhere, and and the only place I think it would ever get released is is with the book. uh, You have the right to listen to it. To, to edit out whatever you want, right? So you have complete and total control over this conversation outside of just talking to me. So don't feel like I'm suddenly going to put this out there on the internet with links to your house. Okay. So. Email, it to our, email it to our parents' addresses. It's, well, no, sorry. Actually, I should have mentioned I will do that. No, I'm kidding. Oh, um, right. <laughs> but, yeah, don't feel nervous. This, it's just a chit-chat. Uh, this is just like okay. a friendly chat, and uh, okay. uh, you know, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, uh, it's just been uh, it's been a nice chat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I don't know why I'm so nervous. <laughs> well, is it because I'm so intimidating? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> oh, good lord! <laughs> uh, I, I, Maybe I, if you find me intimidating, could you talk to Christina a little bit? Because I don't <laughs> think she finds me intimidating at all. So maybe you could that a little bit. <laughs> Okay, I'm. Um, I'm scared. It, it could just be the the situation we're in. We're we're in our, my house, and there's parents walking around, and it feels a bit of a prison right now. So it's like whispering messages uh, before okay, well, the prison guards walk by. Right. So <laughs> maybe you could start off just by telling me a little bit about your uh, relationship uh, as a as a whole. Little when you met, how long you've been going out, what uh, what your circumstances are. Um, me and Tom have been going out for oh, 13 I've, months. 13 months, yeah. But just over a year. Uh, we met in school for a few reasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we met in school, and uh, I guess one of the biggest things uh, that attracted me to her, uh, was uh, the fact that she was vegan. Um, kind of, we were both kind of socially ostracizing ourselves quite slowly as, <laughs> yeah. from that, I guess. And um, because she helped me become vegan, I was uh, just vegetarian before, so that helped a lot. But um, it, I guess uh, just turning vegan really shed a lot of light on um, our like friendships. Like, mm-hmm. so it just told us, like, you mm-hmm. know, if someone can't even accept that you're vegan, it's just kind of a big indication that they're not going to be like open and honest with you as a friend. So mm-hmm. we we basically got to the point now where we. We we spend a lot of time together, but mm-hmm. not we we don't go out that much. Right. To be we honest, just, we just have each other, really. Don't we? Yeah, we got each other. 
And we, right, which is why you've ended up with a kind of social anxiety about talking to somebody like me, who's not. I, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, yeah. And, and of course. Very consistent so far, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And, um, I guess, well, since hearing your podcast actually in the summer, mm-hmm. um, I've been just rifling through them, but mm-hmm. Candice hasn't got that chance to. But no, in, in in my house, my sister really steals the computer loads, and I mean, I've listened to podcasts, and then she'll walk in and she'll be going like, "Oh my god, what are you on about? What are you listening to? Just turn it <laughs> off." And then my mom will come in, and then she'll start a conversation with me, and it's like, "Doesn't that guy ever take a breath? Doesn't he ever stop? How many podcasts are there? Is this guy mad?" About <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah. All the time. It's, so. it's this better lady though, because I've just got an MP3 player, so I can listen to them on my own. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah, exactly. But uh, when we started listening to podcasts, they've become, I guess, sort of a centre of conversation. Yeah, they have. Just, I tend to, I find find time to listen to them. Kenny goes on the boards and talks to other people, and it's Mm -hmm. kind of, yeah, we we just really got into the whole uh, libertarianism thing quite quickly, and it's... It's just really, 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 yeah, in the Mm -hmm. summer. It's really fun to talk about, though. Mm Right, okay, and then you, uh, you were sort of interested in or, or succumbed to my come-hither stare about the possibility of this sort of real-time relationship thing in your relationship, so is, is, does that sort of, is that sort of why we're talking? Is that, I guess we're both on the same page as far as that goes? Well, I guess we haven't quite got that far in talking about the podcasts. We talked about the po- uh, political part of it, the philosophical, philosophical bit, but it's the the relationship bit we haven't like really talked about uh together but it we are very open together i mean mm-hmm. you know we do talk about stuff we don't like keep secrets really and you know we're just honest share our feelings and yeah i guess when i was listening to the podcast on relationships i was just beaming because mm-hmm. i just <laughs> you're saying all of the pitfalls people fall into and like how you should choose someone based on virtue and it's just something I've learned from my past relationships and, and Candice from yours uh, to just like really, really seek out virtue like mm-hmm. <laughs> like a, a guard dog sniffing out a prisoner, <laughs> you know. No, and that's good. And one of the things that works out so well with you guys in particular is that when I say virtue in Canada, the word actually means vegan. So really? That, no, I'm kidding. But that, that <laughs> side of things. <laughs> really Every time I use the word virtue, I actually mean vegan. So. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, okay, so uh, so you guys have been going out for 13 months, and yeah, are there right. any sorts of areas where you have uh, uh, hiccups or, or communication that, that uh, hits a sort of uh, um, a confusing or, or, or skiddy or rough patch or anything like that, or is everything going completely swimmingly and... I think when, parents. yeah, I guess <laughs> our parents are sort of a big block to our relationship. I mean, when mm-hmm. particularly when I'm at Candice's house, I mean, like, if there's anyone who just might be listening, then we just can't, like, talk about anything, like, that might... Yeah, it's it's literally like being in a but prison But also, cell. I mean, you're pretty certain that you don't like my dad. Oh, yeah, definitely. You, you hate him. You don't want to kind of go near him, but I'm struggling to kind of yeah, agree with you because yeah. I just don't know what to do about my dad. I mean, so. I guess because I'm outside the relationship, I'm outside the family, I can just see it straight away. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can see exactly how this guy acts, and he's a complete, you know, he's a bastard. He's really just this violent ball of rage and depression. It's just not the kind of guy I'd want in my life. I just want to 
plucked Candy Sada there, really, mm-hmm. and elope. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I, and uh, you guys are, I mean, you're, you're fair, I mean, I don't want to say young relative to, say, young people, but you're not, like, in your 30s or whatever. You're in your 20s, or? No, no, we're both 18. We're what, both 17, 17, actually. <laughs> 17. Okay, good. So I didn't want to go how young, uh, because, yeah. but, but, okay, so you're fairly young, and you're going to university, uh, college? Hopefully I mean, what, next what's... year I'm going to university. Yeah. Both and are, is there yeah. a sort of family uh, situation there that makes it more complicated in terms of funding? Sorry, did you say a family situation? Yes. Uh, well, for me, um, the course I want to do, I actually get quite a nice bursary from the Na- National Health Service. Uh, so actually money from my parents isn't that much of a problem because my course fees and my living costs get covered. Hmm. So, But for Tom, hmm. yeah. There will definitely be a money problem for you, in there. Oh well, I, I I don't think so. I mean, like taking loans and uh, try for scholarships and stuff. I mean, it's not. I, yeah, I, I get, I'm not reli- I'm not reliant on my parents in that sense. And and by the way, we've both um, sort of chosen universities as far away from <laughs> uh, where our parents as possible, really. Other countries. Right, University of Bangladesh, if I remember right. <laughs> Bangladesh, yeah, yeah. University of, yeah. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Well, um, well, that's great. So, uh, what, what is it that you would look to get out of a conversation with me? I, I assume that, that the focus is with your parents mm-hmm. and not with each other, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, me- what would be like you, uh, a complete and total success for the conversation that you'd have with me over the next little while? What would be? Uh, what would you define as? Like, if we if we if we stop the conversation and you look back and you say, "Well, that was absolutely perfect." What would that? What would you have achieved? Well, for me, that would be uh, just getting to that. I guess that real time relationship thing would be great. But uh, the at least talking about uh, Candice's dad, because I mean, there's something very hard. It's it's just very hard just to get by in that um, household. Just every time we go over there, it's so uncomfortable. You mm-hmm. know. It's I can't talk to them at all, really, apart from the weather. And when they say <laughs> when they say anything opinionated, I just shut up. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's a horrible. It it's like you know that um, it's an unchosen uh, positive obligation to like talk to them. And when I see Candice, but because obviously they live together, and mm-hmm. you know, like I take their food. <laughs> but um, I I don't know. It's just really if you could help us to just exist, I guess. <laughs> Just keep our minds and virtues uh, together, like mm-hmm. until we can get out and get to uni, because we we are um, applying to more or less the same unis, so we can just like escape together and live live together. And um, I guess that would be a real help. Yeah, I think the, the main thing for me is that my dad is he really confuses me. Like I don't get his behavior it's so mood swingy sometimes he's so so nice and other times he can just be horrible and i just and i it just really confuses me i just don't get if this guy has like got a mental health problem or if if i should just forgive the bad behavior and you know Mm. get on with him and i mean i don't really know what to do because when i look back to my childhood and I remember some of the ways he treated my older brother in particular which was it was really quite violent and I mean I suppose you've said this before haven't you Tom Mm, like um you wouldn't choose this man as a friend you know the only reason you you really want to know him is because he was your parent and Mm. 
Mm. I, I don't really know where, where this relationship with him is going. Mm. Okay. Okay. That's, well, that's that's, that's great. great. I appreciate that. So perhaps you could tell me a little bit about uh, Candice. Uh, Candice or Candice? Candice. <laughs> Candice. Yeah. Okay. Let me just underline under. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so tell me a little bit about the behavior that your dad has. Uh, was is there physical abuse? Is there verbal since, abuse? Uh, since what we've got older, I mean, he never used to like hit us, especially not me or my younger sister he's always been like really against this idea of hitting women i mean it's okay of course to like speak to them abusively but um he with my brother he was he was really quite quite violent i mean he used to kind of really push him around and swear at him and do all these kinds of things that that you know i mean chris was probably only seven or eight and i know it's just shocking looking back i'm so sorry that. That's terrible. Yeah, that's I mean, terrible. and I, I don't know what to think about my mom either, because generally speaking, I can have a really good relationship with my mom. Like, she can make me laugh and smile and, you know, we'll, we can get on. I mean, we can't really talk about anything major, but I don't know. I don't know what to think about them, really. <clears throat> well, um, uh, so with uh, with your brother, there was, you say, pushing around, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a little bit more about that? Uh, I think one major event that I remember, I think I was probably about four or five. I don't don't think my brother had done that much wrong. But sometimes, like, uh, my dad used to try and, like, get my brother to kind of help him with, like, DIY chores and things like that. But, like, my dad used to get really angry if Chris couldn't do something, like find the hammer in the shed or... You know, just really stupid things. And I remember my dad used to get really angry and swear at him. And, and you know, it's, you just as a small kid, you just kind of sit there and think, please stop. This isn't nice. And I remember, like, looking behind the door and, and my dad having this really aggressive face. He was really, I mean, he, he used to shout. And when he shouted, it was, like, mental. Mm, you know, it was yeah, really yeah. violent, violent, violent shouting. And I remember him, like, slamming my brother into the, into the wall. I just thought it was disgusting, and I, you know, this did happen on quite a few occasions. But I remember that one has always stuck in my head, really quite, you know. And uh, my mom, I don't, I don't really know what my mom did to stop it. I don't, I don't know if she felt there was much she could do, or if she just thought it was the best thing that my dad was doing. You know, I, d- I didn't get it really. Right, right, okay. Um, and as far as the verbal stuff goes, mm-hmm. the, there was screaming, there was swearing, and you said that uh, he was not hitting his daughters or pushing them around. No. But he would uh, he would use verbal attacks or, or put-downs, uh, like stupid. And, like, yeah, verbal. definitely, but he used to do that to all of us. Like, I mean, he still does on, on Sorry, a few occasions. Like, your... you know, Sorry to interrupt. Tell... He, uh, did he do it to your mother as well? Did he do it to who? Your mother as oh, well. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. All right. So, um uh what uh, what sort of scope of uh, verbal abuse and what sort of um uh, uh, frequency of verbal abuse would, would are we talking about here? What do you mean by frequency of verbal abuse? How often? How often? No, uh how often? Like I mean, uh if he said, 
oh, you kids are driving me crazy because you seem stupid yeah. once a year. <laughs> oh, right? no, I mean, this, it that- would be quite often. I mean, this is what I mean when I say my dad was mood swingy. Um, a bad argument would probably break out. Well, not an argument. It would just be him shouting, I suppose. Probably, I'd say at least once every two weeks, once every week or so, yeah. It was quite a regular occurrence, but, like, it, it's... Um, made me really distant to him and like he finds that really like upsetting because I'm his like eldest daughter and things like that and he wishes he had a good relationship with me but I can't force it I can't make myself feel anything but because because he wants my love like he wants he wants me to hug him he wants me to you know have a good relationship with him it it really makes me feel guilty that I just can't bring those emotions out I just don't feel it. No, my God. I mean, if you felt it, it would be incredibly unhealthy. If you yeah. right? <laughs> Probably, yeah. Seriously. Like, yeah. What he's saying is, I want you to treat me as if I had never been abusive. In other words, yeah, I want you to pretend I I can, I, that all this yeah. never happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I mean, after he, he'd shout at us or something, he used to come in and try and be friendly and say something like, I don't know, jokey, I can't really remember what, but he used to try and make us laugh and stuff, and me and my brother used to sit there and look at each other like, what? (laughs) What is this guy doing? You know, it's just too confusing. Well, I think I get a a fairly clear picture, and I don't want to uh, uh, abbreviate what it is that you're saying. Yeah, go uh, so is there is there anything that you wanted to sort of I, mean, I think I get a clear picture which which again could be right could be wrong but I don't want to interrupt no, say, what, uh, if there's tell me what it is and tell me what it is and... sure sure okay well uh, obviously there is uh, uh, what you say this this mood swing and, yeah. and let me just ask a question before I give you what it is that I think about yeah, this um, did he do this in public when like did he hit uh, his, his your, your brother uh, in public. No, he'd never do it in public. Never do it in public. Did he ever scream at you and call you stupid in public? No, no, it's definitely all in the house. Well, uh, then for sure, it's not a mental illness. I can tell yeah, you that okay. with a hundred fifty percent certainty. Okay, yeah, that's a really good way of looking at it. Can I say something as well? Because we know, sorry to interrupt. We know that he can restrain his anger if he wants to. Right? Yeah. I mean, in public, he, he could like get angry, but he wouldn't, like, he wouldn't, like, scream at us in the same way that he could at home. I mean, as a small right, kid, he was right. terrifying. He could, oh, I, I have no doubt. Yeah, he was I have no really, doubt. I mean, after a while, I mean, if we started to cry in front of him, he'd scream, don't cry, you know. He'd really, really scream it, really shout it. And that just, that just makes you cry even more when you're tiny, you know. Oh, I know. Yeah. And, and then you're in a possible situation because your feelings... Are becoming stronger and stronger. You're feeling more sadness, anger, yeah, and despair. and I mean, the things Some he used to shout at you about, it was, like, pointless. You'd be thinking, why are you shouting at me? But you can't get away. And it's, yeah, it was a really horrible feeling. Right. But, no, so, so the first thing... Sorry, the first thing to understand is that when somebody has a genuine mental illness, yeah. it is not to their willpower. Yeah. Right? Like, like you, you don't sort of yell at somebody who's got... Alzheimer's and say, just concentrate, damn it. <laughs> yeah. And they go, oh, okay, sorry, I'll just concentrate. That, that's not how it right. works. If somebody has schizophrenia, you can pay them a billion dollars to not be insane in public, and they won't be able to stop themselves. Yeah, I see. Yeah, but my dad could. 
Your dad absolutely, completely, and totally could. And so he was able to manage his temper, to suppress his temper, to control his temper. Mm -hmm. When he was in situations where his own interests would have been threatened through being overtly abusive. In other words, if he's, if there's a policeman standing there, if he turns around and clocks your brother, he's going to jail, yeah. right? So he was always able to control his temper when necessary. Yeah. Right, so mental illness has got to go right off the list of things that you're yeah, concerned definitely. about. Yeah, right? definitely. <laughs> I can really see that now. Thank you. you useful so far? Yeah, I want to make sure that this is going to be useful for you. Okay, no, this, is, this is good, right? Because now, you, the other question that you have, which I can sort of feel is, is, is difficult for you, is this question of the, the, the good dad, bad dad, the nice guy, nasty yeah. guy. Well, um, that, that, that's complex, and I'll, I'll just give you one or two ways of looking at it that can help you understand it. The cycle of abuse is very much attack followed by reconciliation. Yeah. Right, so just to, to take it away from a personal situation, the, the typical situation is a husband uh, beats uh, his wife or hits his wife, and then he goes out and buys flowers, and he's crying, and uh, this is in, if you've ever seen A Streetcar Named Desire, uh, you can see this, uh, it's Marlon Brando, a great film, but you can see this, like he hits her, and then he's, you know, Stella, you know, he's like, he's weeping, he, I miss yeah, you so much, see, and, yeah. and so what happens is the power then passes to the abused victim to forgive, and there is a cycle of abuse that is always a roller coaster, yeah. always an attack followed by an, uh, an apology, but the apology is selfish as well, yeah, it's it not, yeah. I'm sorry that I hit you, what, what your dad is really saying is, um, I feel bad, and you must forgive yeah. me. Yeah, I can see that. And I, so that's one aspect of the cycle. And sorry, did you want yeah, to? Yeah, I was something? just going to say I can really relate to that too. Because I mean, the whole uh, forgiveness—like you should forgive and you should feel guilty about mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, that's all been like inculcated into me as well since I was a kid as well. So. Um, I mean, we were both raised uh, Christian to varying degrees. Yeah, we were. Um, I went to a Christian school and had to go to like church every other week or something, and um, so I can really relate to that. You had to go to church every other week. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that seems rather like uh, not a very energetic Christian no, <laughs> household. Uh, every fortnight, you know, it's a long way to go. The pukes, they hurt my back a little. Oh, you know, the singing and my throat gets raw. Uh, it just seems like a it lot. Was, of... It was with the school, actually. Mm -hmm. I, I... Right, well, good for you. I, I, I was uh, in boarding school. We had to go to church like four times a week. So you'd say oh, once every week. <laughs> oh, well. This is in, in the prehistory for you guys. I, I remember it clearly, though, because... Well, I I had my first year of primary school in this, like, you know, school full of, like, really hippie teachers, like, really chilled out kids, and, uh, like, they really knew how to, like, deal with children, and I, I was really happy, I had loads of friends, and then in, at the start of the second year, I think, or the, or the end of the first, uh, I have a very vivid memory of being taken out of that school and being put in this Christian one, where, where my brothers were going, um, and the only reason I was told was that it's a better school. Like they've got be they've got computers, which the other school didn't. I and I just thought I, I just bared that grudge all the way through uh, primary school against my mum. Mm. This vivid, vivid memory. Like the main one that springs to mind when I think of primary school is 
when my mum was actually dragging me into school and like sitting me down in front of a teacher and like a load of like goldfish eyes staring at me like all these children while I was just crying my eyes out and she just left I it, just really strong memory of that right right Right. Okay, and we'll uh, we'll get to you. Um, yeah, uh, continue with Andy. Uh, that would be great. Um, so, so that that one aspect of the cycle of abuse, which is an attack followed by a selfish desire for forgiveness, and of course, this is really reinforced by Christianity, yeah. right? Because in in Christianity, right, you have you are constantly sinning, whether you like it or not. Yeah. I mean, a fart is a sin, ever right? So you're constantly sinning, and then you have to. Uh, go and pray for forgiveness, and then you sin again, and right. So there's this manic, depressive, psychotic cycle in Christianity and, and all of the major religions in this way. Right? You're constantly doing wrong, constantly atoning for it. It really destabilizes, not just psychologically, but biochemically. Thyroid goes nuts. I mean, it's just not good for you as a whole. Right? You've you got adrenaline all the time. But the other aspect of it, of course, is that an abuser has a really difficult problem insofar as he can't see himself as an abuser, right? Because once you see yourself as, as an abuser, you stop being abusive, right? That's why denial is so important for people like alcoholics yeah. or whatever, right? So your dad had a problem insofar as he was uh, screaming at, uh, shaking, uh, uh, pushing up against mm -hmm. the wall and, and insulting helpless and defenseless yeah, innocent little children, disgusting. right? Now, Oh, it's hideous. Absolutely beyond hideous. But he has a problem, which is how does he live with himself? Well, of course, one of the things he does is he says it's for your own yeah. good. Uh, yeah. He also says that you provoke. Uh, he also says that uh, daddy gets yeah, stressed. Not, I mean, you know, can come when my brother was about uh, 17, probably the same age as me now, um, eight, 17, 18, he did actually try and bring up with my dad about how crap my dad had raised him. And... Um, my brother basically, like, they, I don't know, they went, I think they went down the pub one night or something, and, and my brother, like, tried to have a conversation with my dad about how he thought that the way my dad had raised him was pretty rubbish. Uh, and I remember the whole conversation. It must have really burnt up in my dad. He must have been fuming about it, because I remember a few nights afterwards, they had the biggest argument it just, my dad was yeah. like, you know, oh, you, I can't believe you said all those things to me. It was so unfair, you know, it kept going on like this and all these things I do to you, I, I do for you. I can't believe, you know, you turn around and say that mm -hmm. to me after all these years and going on like you, this. And You ungrateful little bastard. Yeah, no. I'm yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Now, the, the thing is, you're going to have to start watching your language and this is not language police, right? But this is just so that you can uh, sit in the... Uh, in the reality of, of the history, right? Because you use words like, like crap and rubbish yeah. and so on, but frankly, it's evil. Mm -hmm. Right? To, to assault children, to verbally abuse helpless and dependent children is evil. And, and what I'd sort of say about that is that if you sort of came, uh, you said, Tom said, hey, let's meet at the mall. I don't know, what do you call them in England? I can't remember. They weren't around when I lived in England, but yeah, let's, we meet at the shopping yeah, center or whatever. Center. And you go over there and you find him uh, you know, screaming at a seven-year-old kid who's trying to sell him candy, right? Or, you know, selling him some chocolates yeah. or something. And he says, I don't want the goddamn chocolates. And he's got them up against <laughs> the wall and his face is distorted and his veins are bulging out, you know, and he's finally realizing that he needs some red meat. God damn it. No, but uh, if, you, if you came across him doing that, assaulting a child, 
I mean, it would be beyond shocking, yeah, right? Would. It would be beyond a fault. It would be a total relationship yeah. breaker. Right? I mean, that's a, that would be a deal. It, because you'd say, well, what you just did there is completely evil. You attacked a child. Mm-hmm. Right? So you wouldn't say, well, that was kind of crap behavior. You wouldn't say, well, you know, what you did there was kind of rubbish, right? You'd say, that was kind of mm-hmm. evil. Right, and I know that in England there is a, um, you know, there's a, a certain words that have resonance around criticisms of people, pathetic, rubbish, crap, mm-hmm. and so on, but they kind of lack a real moral dimension, if yeah. that makes sense. Right, because attacking children is, is evil, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, if it's not, I don't know yeah. what it is, right? I mean, so so that that's one of the problems that you're facing. It's not just, well, he was a bad dad, he was angry, he was abused. Like, this was evil yeah. behavior. I mean, uh, so, so that aspect, I just sort of, you need to simmer. And that's not a word that we really feel that comfortable with these days. You think evil, you think it's growing horns and he can, mm-hmm. I don't know, he's got a lariat of fire mm-hmm. or something, right? But, but it is something that we need to, to get used to because we need to clearly identify that when somebody has the capacity to control his temper, but instead he seeds and sits and waits and terrifies his children until he can abuse them in private, yeah, that's evil. It is. And the last thing that I'll say about this cycle mm-hmm. of abuse is that your father, after attacking you, has to not attack you for yeah. a little while. And what he needs to do is he needs to rebuild your yeah. trust. Right? Because what he's really attacking is vulnerability. And it's his own vulnerability he's trying to cover up because he was attacked when he was a kid. And, you yeah, know, he, this is he not was, to give he you had any, a really weird right? dad. I mean, um, Sure, and, and, and a stranger can have sympathy for your dad, but you can't. For you to try to have sympathy for your dad would be really you unhelpful. You think so? Right, because, because you experienced the fear and the pain and, and the, the anger and the, yeah. the abuse, right? So, so you know, to, to, to take an extreme example, if a rapist was sexually abused as a child, a psychologist may have some sympathy yeah. for that rapist, but the rape victim could never no, try no. for that, right? Of course not. Right, so so he needed like what he's really doing is he's he's attacking vulnerability. Now, if you attack someone every day, morning, noon, and night, you punch them. Well, obviously you'll get caught, and secondly, you'll turn them completely into a sociopath. Right? I mean, that kind of extreme violence uh, continually would would not, the child would no longer ever be vulnerable. But what your dad needed to do was he needed to attack you and and let you become vulnerable again, let you lower your defenses a little bit again, so he could attack you again. And that's another reason why you get this attack followed by this break and this nice, nicey, mm-hmm. nice behavior that's almost more freaky and stomach turning. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. It takes you off balance and also to make you feel like if, if, if a parent hits you five times a day, there's no way that you could conceivably imagine that that's your fault or no kid could be that bad. But if it's only once every week or two or whatever, then it also... Uh, help, helps the child, so to speak, to become more self-critical, uh, to say, well, obviously my dad can go two weeks without hitting me, so now that he's hit me, it must be because I did something wrong. And yeah. you said something a little earlier, Candy. You said, my brother was seven, and he can't have done that much wrong. He can't have done anything wrong. <laughs> well, there's no, there's nothing a child can do that warrants no. abuse. Especially not the things that my brother was doing. I mean... There was no, was, no, 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 no. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be totally annoying with you here, and I yeah, do apologize for, for this. Yeah. Nothing a child can yeah. do, right? A child can set fire to a cat, 
and you do not abuse no. the child. Right? There is no behavior that a child can do that permits assault. Right? And you would never say that. Uh, you, you would never say to Tom, well, Tom, I don't want you to hit me unless the soup is not the right temperature. <laughs> if the soup is not the right temperature, then you can absolutely clock me. But other than that, I think yeah. it would be unfair. <laughs> Right, you would say, under no circumstances can you hit me. Mm-hmm. Does, yeah, that, does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. Right, and and it's exactly the same thing. There is no possibility that your brother or you or or your sister did anything whatsoever that came within a bazillion miles of justifying any of these assaults. Yeah, I can see that. Now, uh, I'm guessing that particularly with your brother, the physical assaults began to diminish uh, after uh, uh, puberty, say, yeah, 14, 15 when, years old. Yeah, when Chris became as big as my dad, yeah, <laughs> basically. Here's another example of how your father can control his aggression. Okay, yeah. If, he's going, if he himself is going to face negative consequences... Mm-hmm. i.e. he's going to get caught or yeah. <laughs> uh, he's going to get hit back. Yeah. Naturally, amazingly, suddenly, he has the ability to control his temper to the point where he doesn't hit, right? Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you get how like filthily cowardly that is? To hit a child when yeah. you don't have to, right? And then when yeah. the child grows up, uh, suddenly, magically, you don't want to fight anymore. Yeah. No, I can see that. Mm. I mean, that's, uh, that's gut-wrenchingly stomach-turning. Yeah. I mean, it's really strange now, because when my brother and my dad do argue now, my dad always assumes that Chris is going to hit him. That's sure. the first thing he assumes, and, and I guess that's, that is mainly because, most likely because, well, if, if my dad used to be violent to Chris, <clears throat> he can only know that he passed on the same behaviour to Chris. Mm. And, and I suppose this is something that worries me about my brother and my sister is that they they do show the same behavior as as my dad and i i mean especially with my younger sister it's upsetting because i mean she's 12 Mm -hmm. but it's quite horrible to think that she's she's going to be affected by this but she's probably not going to get the same kind of help that i got in in getting over it she'll probably never know that something is wrong well, you can, you can do a lot to uh, you can do a lot to affect that over time. So yeah. don't uh, don't give up hope on her, right? But you okay, you can't yeah. affect her directly. You can only affect her through examples. But yeah, and, and sorry, Tom, we'll get to you in just a second. But Candy, <laughs> I just wanted to talk about um, uh, you had some ambiguity regarding your mother as well. Yeah, definitely. I don't know what to do about my mother because I I I well I generally think that. Most of the time, I have a, a quite a nice relationship with my mom. I mean, you know, we'll talk about loads of things, and she'll make me laugh, and it's nice. But but then, if I think about like back to my childhood or something, and how she enabled my dad to act like this, is she really a nice person? Do I really want to know her? Sorry, interrupt. What do you mean when you say she enabled your father to act like this? She didn't stop him. She didn't. Well, it's a little to... more proactive than that, right? Because uh, she she had yeah. children with him. Yeah. 
Right? It's not. It's not like you. You guys like they. They. They came across you in their house, right? <laughs> and then your dad ended up hitting you, right? No. She actively chose, uh, pursued, or chose uh, a man who was uh, uh, verbally and physically abusive, and then she gave him children, right? She brought children into the world, yeah. uh, knowing as an adult what your father yeah, was like. I don't a little know, bit. Loads, Sorry, go ahead. I've spoken to loads of like wives who have maybe like um had abusive husbands and they've said you know you just don't see it when you're first going out with them you think like they're, they're the nicest people ever and then you like marry them and you realize they're actually horrible and wait, I, wait wait so wait <laughs> hang on Sorry. I, 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 I understand this is a compelling story yeah but uh, are you trying to tell me like that it's believable that your your father uh, I guess what they went out for a year or two before they got married. They went out for two years and then they got married. Two years, and then how long after they got married? Unless this is an embarrassing family secret, was it until they had kids? Well, it's, I think about a year and a half. Okay, so she's got what three and a half years? Did I get that right? Yeah. Three and a half years. Are you going to tell me that <laughs> your dad, when he was younger and closer to his own abuse? was in no way, shape, or form verbally or physically abusive before the kids came along? Um, I guess my mom just didn't pick up on it. Either that well, or she just didn't care. Well, it's hard to avoid the knowledge of... of, of ver- let's just say verbal abuse. Yeah, okay. we don't know. Right? She, she, uh, your dad is more mellow now than he was when he was younger. What does that mean? Sorry, <laughs> what it means is that he's less abusive now than he was when he was younger. Yeah, definitely, now that we've grown up. Uh, yeah, that's true, but also uh, people who have uh, particular kinds of, of these kinds of personality disorders, they do tend to mellow over time, yeah. all other things, right? So he was, he's less abusive now than he was when he uh, was dating your mom, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's pretty hard to miss... When somebody's being verbally abusive. Yeah. Right? You don't feel good unless you're a complete masochist. And, of course, then you you're, that's not the case, right? It's hard to miss that somebody is being verbally abusive. Also, uh, was he ever physically abusive towards your mom? I don't think so. My mom has never said that he was physically abusive. If he was, okay. if he oh, was oh, I have no idea about it. Let's put it that way. Right, okay, so only towards uh, children. That's, only uh, towards my brother. Right. Yes, so sorry, you're yeah. quite right, only towards children. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, I, I can absolutely guarantee you that there's no possibility that uh, he was not at least verbally abusive towards your mom before you guys came along and while they were dating. Yeah. And I bet you it happened on the first date or the second date. Yes, yeah, probably. I can see that, definitely. I mean, my mom has talked about how my dad, like, he, he could say, like, I don't know, just stupid things to her sometimes, which really weren't nice. I mean, I don't know, like, taking the rip out of the way she looks or something, you know, things like that. And, yeah, he, he wasn't, he, he wouldn't have been someone I'd have gone with. <laughs> I would have never chosen to go out with him. And sorry, let me just rewind you for a second because yeah. you said he would say stupid things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't right. So if I say a stupid thing, then I'm saying the world is flat, right? Um, maybe, but not. <laughs> no, to say something stupid is very different than to say something cruel yeah, or malevolent. Okay, it, was, or a... it was cruel then. 
Right, and and again, I'm sorry to be just a, a, a such a nag about this. No, go for but, it. Right, there, there's going to be a constant family myth, right? Because in the core of your cult, called the family, yeah. right? In the core of, of your cult is this violence, whether it's verbal or physical. The verbal violence is actually worse, right? Like in many ways, you and your sister had it much worse than your brother did. Mm-hmm. Because the verbal abuse is, is worse. It's, it's harder on the self-esteem. It's harder on the psyche. Yeah. Because it's so, it doesn't leave a mark, it's not dramatic, it's just this constant acid drip on your self-esteem, yeah. right? So, in many, many ways, you guys had it much, much worse than your brother. And in the core of your family is this devil of your, your, your father, and we'll get to your mother in a sec, but there's this devil of, of evil behavior. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you that 99.999% of your family interaction is either making up stories about this or ignoring it completely. Ignoring it. Well, yeah, but if it does ever come up, it's like, oh, yes, he used to say stupid things. It's like, but it's not stupid. It was cruel. It was cruel. It was directed. It was focused. It was, it was, it was, as, it was an accurate wounding. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and, and this is why, you know, crap upbringing and so on is no, evil and abusive, yeah. right? I mean, you have to call a spade a spade, right? Yeah. I agree with you. So then the question is, uh, with regards to your mother, again, this is just, just, just trying to get accurate. I'm not sort of trying to give you my interpretation, just, just to get accurate. Mm-hmm. That your mother willingly chose, dated, got engaged to, got married to, lived with, and gave children to a highly abusive man. Yeah. And I'm sure she can make you laugh. Yeah. People can be very funny. <laughs> But you can pay a comedian ten bucks to do that. Yeah. Right. That's not the same as having value, right? I mean, what I always try and say to people is that value um, in a relationship, particularly intimate, close relationships like family or, or lovers, value is something that you can't get from someone else, right? So women will say, oh, "I cooked and cleaned for you." It's like, well, there are restaurants and maids, right? So that doesn't count, right? Uh, it, it, what counts is the is what can be provided that nobody else. Can right intimacy, understanding, knowledge, and and, and virtue, and, and wisdom, all all of the kind of stuff that's unique to an individual and to to a relationship. Yeah. Right. So so with your mom, you know that she makes you laugh, that you can go shopping mm-hmm. together, that you. Ha-ha. I mean, that doesn't mean anything as far as real intimacy no. goes, right? It's not like bad. It's not evil no, it or anything. But but the the real uh, the real uh, area when you're tortured, when you say I don't know what to do about my mother, what that means is that you're ambivalent about your mother. And what that means is that there's a certain kind of value that you get from her, but there's a certain kind of horror at the fact that she allowed, not enabled, created the situation, right? Because if she didn't have kids with your dad, he wouldn't have had anyone to abuse, right? So she created this situation. It wasn't just like your dad got a hold of some kids and she stood by and did nothing. She created that situation, if that makes sense. And so, uh, and I'm, there's no way that I can obviously tell you what, what the resolution to your conversation or your relationship with your mother is, but I absolutely guarantee you that you have to talk to her about this stuff, right? I, I just don't know if I can. She'd probably, I don't know, she'd probably, I just feel like she'd say something to me like, um, oh, it wasn't that bad, or I had it much worse. 
<laughs> or I don't know, I'd be grateful yeah. if I had a dialogue. Yeah, you know, yours, exactly you know. what she's going to say. And I, I'd find yeah. those, I'd find those things really hard to, con, you know, to confront. To be able. To... Well, and so, what's your option, right? What, what is your, what do you prefer to do instead? Uh, do you pretend? Do you, do you want to just pretend like nothing happened? Not really. Well, I can tell you that's not healthy no. at all. Right. I mean, I mean, at some point, let let. And I, I'm so I'm totally, absolutely sorry for going way forward in time. No, here, go for it. Right. But but let's say that you guys end up getting married and having kids, right? Yeah. Right. Uh, is your dad going to babysit? No way. <laughs> no, no. Because <laughs> he's going to be alive, let's say, for another 30 years. Yeah, but what if he just kind of, I don't know, comes around one day and just says, oh, hi, I'm here to see your kids. And Police. Police. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, we just jumped a little bit there. Uh, yeah, so, but, like, but what if, I'm trying to he, say is... If, I don't know, I, I wouldn't know how to get them out of my lives. I, that would be... Well, no, no, that's, that's, that's another issue, right? Forget about the how. We have to look at the why yeah, first, okay, right? Because yeah. if you're convinced of the why, you can figure out a how, yeah. right? Like, if you're convinced that it's really good to get to Bangladesh, you'll figure out how to get there, right? But, of course, if you're not convinced, it's like, well, it just seems kind of daunting and yeah. stupid, right? So, so forget about, forget about defooing or, and don't worry okay. about that. The important thing is to get emotional clarity and emotional certainty, and we only get that through conversing with the people who've done us wrong, yeah. right? But you would not allow, uh, and I would think it would be pretty criminal to allow your father to babysit your children. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'd be pretty scared anyway that he he's going to do something violent, and I don't want my kids anywhere near a person who's going to do that, so... And even if he's not doing anything violent, who are you going to be when he's around? Right, because you go into a shell, don't you, when he's yeah. around? Yeah. Yeah, I can't be myself at all around absolutely. my dad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You sit all the time. Right. Like it's like invasion of the body snatchers for Tom, right? Like he's going out <laughs> with this vivacious, intelligent woman, right? And, and the cat comes around and he's dealing with some armored armadillo <laughs> killed up under the camp. <laughs> it's, it's literally like that. You did, uh, <laughs> I think you've, you've explained how, um, how when you're with Christina, seeing uh, her parents, I mean, I, I just listened to that podcast, and I, I don't remember which, but I completely related, like, you'd both go, and she'd disappear, and you'd end up talking to this uh, Greek couple, who, <laughs> right. Right, like I'm some state worker or yeah. something, you know, <laughs> hello, I'm Devon from the mountains, like, it doesn't make any sense, right, so... Uh, so I, when and it's going to be really disorienting for your mm -hmm, children. Definitely, you're present and you have certain values and you have certain virtues, and then you you allow this this predator into your house and you vanish and you're confused and you and then it's like oh god now we have to go out and my mom's here and she says don't worry she'll take care of your dad but you don't know and 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 it's not so even so much the issue of violence it's just the issue of yeah weirdness. I think that's the thing I mean. I don't know, when I'm with my dad, I, I can't speak about anything that I'm interested in. I can't, I don't know, open up. He he wants, like, a loving daughter who can hug him and, you know, he, he calls me lots of pet names and he's really sweet and nice, but I can't. I just can't respond. It's it's disgusting. <laughs> it's really disgusting. He, uh, does he play the does lottery at all? Yes, play the lottery. every week. <laughs> Got it. And, and do you realise why I no. asked that? 
It's the desire to have what you have not earned. Yeah. I see. I want money, but I don't want to work for it. I want to be loved, but I did not treat my children with any degree of, of consistent mm-hmm. kindness, right? I want the effects, but I don't want the cause. Mm-hmm. And so I would say that, uh, first of all, there is no possibility of restitution in this situation. There is no possibility of restitution in this sorry. situation. We all have this fantasy that, uh, sorry, we all have this fantasy that our parents are going to see the light, right? That their foreheads are going to open, a big searchlight's going to come. Oh my God, what did I do? And they burst into tears and they, you know, going to fall on the ground and beg her forgiveness and go to therapy. I don't want and blah, that blah, from blah, my blah, dad, blah, though. Right? <laughs> I, don't, I just don't want it. Oh, okay. Right. Because it would, you, you know that it would be fake. Yeah, right? I don't know. I just, oh, I just want to get away from my dad. I don't like him. Okay. Right, right, but and and so I mean that that seems great, right? But but what you have a soft spot for is your mom. Yeah, pretty much. And I, I, you know, I would invite you to figure out whether that's your mom's preference or your preference. See, when when we're young, and this God knows, I wish this changed. When you got older, it doesn't as much as you'd think. But when we're young, we are so wrapped up in the stories that people tell themselves about why they do what they do, right? And your mom, of course, stood by while your dad was abusive towards you guys. Uh, she was supposed to be your yeah. protector. You understand mm-hmm. that, right? She was supposed to be the mother grizzly, the mother lion, who protected yeah. her offspring. Right? And, and this is uh, a core to her experience of the world, that she did mm-hmm. not do this. Right? And, of course, what happens when you're together and your dad's kind of clingy and grabby and give me a hug? And what does your mom say? I don't know. I think my mom just kind of. Oh well, actually, I I think the way I act with my mom is that I I am actually very. I can be really loving with her. I will like hug her, and she'll hug me, and you know all this kind of stuff. And if my dad says like, "Oh, why didn't you ever hug me?" My mom can actually look really smug, like, "Oh, I've got my daughter, but you know." She clearly doesn't love you. I think that can actually be how it is sometimes. My mom can actually look really smug, like, oh, she loves me, but she doesn't love you. And uh, what do you think about that? I feel like I'm getting back at my dad. I feel like, I feel like through my mom, I'm saying to my dad, I'm showing my dad that he didn't really do anything for me emotionally so I'm you know but I I don't know for some reason I feel like my mom did and sorry I mean I'm just trying to process this and I really sorry to interrupt you I'm just trying to process what you're saying I don't that your mom is using your abuse and resulting hostility to your abuser as a one-upmanship thing possibly (laughs) no no like seriously like I'm trying to process this it's a it's a triumph for her that that your dad abused you and you don't love her. Mm. It's something she's won at. I think it can seem. You're like a your abuse is something she uses to prop herself up to 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 get one over on your dad. Like I'm I'm sorry I'm, I'm if I'm misunderstanding I'm just having trouble processing that. No, now that you've said it, that that makes sense. 
It's shocking. I don't like hearing it, but it makes sense. It's shocking. Mm. It's appalling. It's horrifying. I know. I'm sorry. You know, I'm not trying to make it that way. You're just telling me what you're telling me. But that's appalling. I mean, if, if I, oh, I mean, if I was some woman married to some guy who raped some girl, and then that girl came over and wasn't affectionate towards her rapist, and I'd go, ha, huh, you see, she likes me and not you, ha, ha, one up for me, right? But that's insane. Has she ever come to you and said, how do you feel about your dad and what happened? No. Well, because she knows, right? Because she's using it to prop up herself and to be one up on your mm-hmm. dad, right? I know I like it. <laughs> no, look, I, 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 with all sympathy, right? I mean, I know we're giggling a bit here because mm-hmm. because it is so horrible, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I know that, that makes sense, right? But but this I is no why you don't what know what to do, do because you're mom. Well, okay. well, you know, you do know what to do. You know what to do, right? You know exactly what to do, right? There's, there's no one who needs to tell you anything about what it's like to have lived for 17 years in this family and what your future happiness uh, and the future protection of your children is going to entail. There's no one who needs to tell you thing one no. about that. The problem is you don't want to do what you want to do. You don't want to do what you have to do. You, I mean, and I understand that too, right? But but the ambivalence is that you know exactly what you need to do, but you're terrified, as we all are, and there's no pill no. To, to make that go away, right? But you're not indecisive. You're ambivalent, which means you have opposing strong opinions. It's not indecision, right? Like if, if I'm genuinely, if I'm stuck at a crossroads and I don't know which way to go, mm-hmm. I'm genuinely indecisive, right? Right, but but if I absolutely have to go one way, but I'm completely terrified to go that way, then I'm stuck there, paralyzed. But those two are very different okay. situations, if that makes sense. <laughs> so, Tom. Hello. Hi. 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 I was just. Uh, I mean, sorry that we we had to spend so much on this, right? But. But the reason is because Candice's family is so full of right. this mythology, right? Uh, and and everybody's working so hard to ignore mm. the elephant in the room, right? The the stump in the room, mm. the the violence at the core, right? And uh, um, uh, everybody is desperate to not have this be revealed, and that's why everybody spends so much time making up stories and distracting and making jokes and ha 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 and you know. The daughter you abused doesn't love you. She loves you more. I win. Ha ha. Right. I mean, that's exactly why they don't want to do it because they know the, the moral horror that's at the root of this kind of behavior and treatment of children. And there's no one who needs to say anything about that, uh, and, you know, other than just settle it in. And, and if you have doubts, right, talk about it with your parents. Right. But 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 given that you don't want to talk about it with your mom, you know exactly yeah, what she's going to say. You yeah. know exactly how it's going to. Then, then what's the point Absolutely. of speaking? You know to her. Exactly. There isn't really any. Well, you gain closure, you gain certainty. I guess so. But I don't want it to... I, I can just see it will end in, like, a big argument. And to be fair, I mean, I have to live in the house for the next however many months, and, and I don't want to be living in a really high-tension house. I mean, I know it's like that anyway, but if we all had this massive explosive argument, there would just be, like... I mean, I don't even think I'd be able to sit down and get on with homework. It would be that tense. Right. 
no, no, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right, and I'm sorry for being unclear. What I mean by that is you came into the conversation yeah. with mixed feelings about your mom, right? So w when you have this conversation, doesn't matter, right? Because the conversation in, in its essence yeah, is true. just a confirmation. So that you can see things clearly and directly. And then what we do is we get closure. Yeah, closure definitely. is just another okay. word for certainty, right? There's no doubt. And you, you can wait uh, if you want until you move out. Like, it doesn't matter. But you can spend the intervening time in your own mind attempting yeah. to dismantle the mythology yeah. of your family, right? So you look at your parents' interaction and you pause and you slow down, right? Because we have this tendency to move fast when we're being defensive or evasive with ourselves, right? Because of our own histories. So when you, you go and you see your dad, you slow down, you take a breath, and you say, how do I feel in the presence of this person? You see your mom giving your dad a triumphant yeah. look because you love her more than your dad. Say, how do I feel that my mother is counting my abuse as a way to one-up my dad, right? How do I feel? Like, you can get a lot out of that without having yeah. to open your mouth and talk to anyone, right? Definitely. But yeah, look, I mean, to, to, to put it bluntly, uh, people have to acknowledge this abuse uh, or there is no relationship. I mean, you can go over there every Sunday if you want. There's no relationship yeah. if there's no truth at the core. And, and even if they admit it, there's no possibility of restitution. Nobody can give you your childhood back. Nobody can turn you into the kind of person that you could be mm -hmm. if you'd had a happy childhood, right? right that, that is a gift that can never be returned to you. And that's why parental apologies mean nothing. Uh, Tom, was there anything that you wanted to, to add or any sort of questions? Sorry that we've had to spend more time on, on this side of things. But, I mean, this is where the major, I think, uh, you don't seem to have a lot of ambiguity, right? So we didn't sort of have to, right. to focus on you quite as much. But uh, I just... No, of course not. Well, you this is actually, completely. obviously, this is really helpful for me too. I mean, you're talking to my other half. <laughs> I mean, mm. I, this is just great to let it sure. all come out and to really tackle this because... I mean, when we talk about it, it's a, we, me and Candice, it's, it's, there's the elephant in the room between us is mm -hmm. her mum. So <laughs> it's like, and, and it's, mu I feel the situation is, it's much worse. The elephant, if you like, is much bigger in her house. It's, everyone is really like pushing and shoving, squeezing their butts up against the wall <laughs> to try and avoid it. And they, they keep disturbing the elephant and it keeps making noises because they can't avoid it. Because it's... Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that big. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, compared to mine, I mean, the elephant... There's not much squeezing. Yeah, there's but there's more loads like, of tension in your house. The, I mean, the, your mom is, like, it's a, cold. It's a, silent, it's a silent, cold tension. Yeah. It's... Uh, Wait, wait, so sorry, sorry to interrupt. Did, did, is yes. this cold British mom? You never hear of that. Yeah, but that's They're what so I thought warm my mom and was. And no, I'm just uh, that's like, they're all like Margaret Thatcher uh, <laughs> on a deep freeze. Yeah. So. No, your mm. mom is cold. No, my mom is stone. 
No, I mean, the way I feel, I mean, for Candice, there's a lot of emotion. I mean, there's a lot. And it's, there's going to be a lot of guilt. I can feel it when, mm-hmm. when we make that break. I mean, if and when it comes, like in the future, we defoo. Yeah, but for my future children, yeah, I think this is going to be worth it to get away from right, them. Right. Because I don't want, I don't want them to know yeah. my mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> it's what, not worth it. What I'm saying is that I could... I could disappear from this family. I, I've actually, I have uh, old relatives who've, like, there's a story of some relative who, uh, an uncle twice removed or something, who just disappeared to Ireland, changed his, ni- changed his name, and got married, and he just completely disappeared. I mean, this has happened in my uh, family before, and I really feel I could just disappear and not you disturb... You could just get away and you, no one And not would, disturb them. And Yeah, no one would disturb you either. And no, I think, it's, but, it's but that... My mum, I think, when I go to uni, she'll be, like, ringing me up and saying she misses me, and, and I'll be going, oh, you know, I miss you too, and... <laughs> oh, right, I, I think... No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get that I too. I do speak Spanish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. She speaks Spanish, yeah. Oh, then I'm very sorry for that. I apologize. <laughs> but, uh, yes, I, no, I'd get that too. Obviously, I'd get emails, the calls and everything, yeah. and they try to come after me, but it wouldn't be like a passionate flailing of the arms, like, like chasing me down. Mom. It will be with my mom. It, but it will be with you, yeah. Oh, it will be with my sister as well, and, you know. Absolutely, and it's yeah. so hard. I'm the youngest of three brothers. They're uh, they're already at uni. Um, Nick, uh, the brother two years older than me, uh, he's studying in London. Uh, he just he's already kind of disappeared. Yeah, I mean, he hardly he, he hardly comes over. He, doesn't he hardly room. comes over when he does. He doesn't really talk. He's just <laughs> he's not there. He just has this separate life, and he's just like, I mean, that what I'm. The thing that's given me a bit of confidence, I suppose, is seeing him just not talking. And, like, even though he was so into that, just, like, he'd live in the house, but, like, only for a few hours of the day. And, like, they'd be hours when my parents would be asleep. So, like, yeah. And so, um, I guess, I, but I, during that time, I kept talking to my parents. I don't do it so much now. I mean, after I realized that it's kind of, there's no, there's nothing there. There's no mm-hmm. friendship. There's, I'm not. There's no point. Um, and so, but now I've stopped doing that. I'm much more independent. It's just, I really get the sense. I understand, as you say, how these people just in in your podcast, you say how these people just don't exist as as like souls in existence. They're not. Uh, there's no emotion. I mean, they they don't uh, exist in uh, terms of my relationship mm-hmm. with them. Right, 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 and and I mean that the, there is a general intergenerational. Point yeah. To watch the video on why we're so different from our parents might be worth having a look. But but there is this intergenerational shift, and there is this massive uplifting of the human condition that we're part of, right? And you guys, I guarantee that you guys are smarter than me. <laughs> Right, because you're just another generation down the pipe, right? So, and your kids will be even smarter oh, than you. Better get our shit together. No, you can't be at all, right? So, no, listen, you, you biologically and and on average, um, you you guys uh, are smarter than me, 
right? I mean, and, and don't, I mean, don't doubt that. I mean, you, you, uh, you are complete geniuses and philosophers Thank and you. you are smarter than me and you should absolutely hold on to that and trust your feelings about all of that stuff, right? I'm just, I'm just happy to pass a kind of torch, right? If that makes sense. But, but uh, without a doubt, uh, and your kids will be yeah. smarter than you, right? If this trend continues. So, so you don't want to make any mistakes, right? Because they'll pick it up like that, right? They'll be like levitating or some freaky shit like that, right? But, but, uh, but, but I just sort of wanted to, to leave you with the thoughts, and I, I'm happy to chat more if you want, but we, we have this habit in, when we look at, and this is family mythology 101, right? But we have this habit when we look at our family and when people talk to us about our families of what's, it's psychologically it's called splitting. And splitting is, uh, you know, I have a good dad and I have a bad dad. And you see this in fairy tales all the time. Like, my good mother died yeah. and I'm raised by this wicked stepmother. It's this splitting, right? And we do this with our parents, and we say, I have a mean dad and a nice mom, right? Or I have a nice dad and a, and a mean mom, or, you know, my, my dad was abusive, but my mom did the best she could, and right? So we identify the negative traits of one partner in the marriage, and then we make excuses for the other <laughs> partner's behavior or lack of intervention and so on. But I totally guarantee you that there's no good person in a marriage, right? There's no bad person in a marriage, right? They are equals. It is a system. One could not do it without the other. Your dad wouldn't have anyone yeah. to abuse if your mom didn't have children with him. So he couldn't have done it without her. She created the situation and she couldn't have done whatever nefarious yeah. psychological stuff she was up to without him, right? So we have this desire to say, well, there's this bad person and then there's this better person. This is your mom's story, right? Which is why she takes glee or takes pleasure in the fact that you don't love your dad that much or whatever, right? But there is no good person in a marriage. There is no bad person. I mean, it's equal, right? You can't yeah. slice and dice it up that way. It is a system, if that makes sense. Well, we didn't do any real-time relationship stuff, but that's yeah, no problem because right, this was the stuff that's more pressing, right? Was there anything that's unclear or anything that, that would be helpful to, uh, to, to talk about? Did you guys want to sort of s skew well, we'll this one over? I mean, what's your, what's your preference from here? Um, I guess... I'm just trying to take in everything. Taking it in, letting <laughs> it sink in, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it's, definitely. Right, so you get yeah. a chance to hear we it We will again. do that. Uh, do you think um, there's any worth in, like, I guess after this sinks in, like whether it's worth seeing a school counsellor or, like, therapist? Yes, yes, I, I would absolutely say that that is the case. Um, uh, I can't do my... Because I, I'm, I'm a bungee guy. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> say, Here's the truth, and then I bounce out. Right? So I'm like... Uh, here, here's a bunch of uh, illumination, and now I'm gone, right? So, uh, yeah. and that goes out, right? So, this is just the beginning, right? So, this is like light yeah. fuse, and now you have to keep it, keep the knowledge alive, because your tendency, as is the case with all of us, your tendency is going to be to slip back into obedience and subservience and unconsciousness, right? Because that's what we're all trained to do as children, right? That so, this this illumination that you're feeling and chaos and you know it's like the fact that i've come in sort of with a sten gun of truth and fired randomly seemingly blindfolded no, I um, 
you, you need to maintain that process, right? And you need to, so you absolutely, completely, you need to, I mean, you, you know, particularly you, Candice, right? You had, you had some pretty rough stuff happen to you. And you obviously, obviously, mm-hmm. obviously, given your sensitivity towards animals and uh, eggs, right? You, you don't want to uh, inflict one-tenth of one percent of any of this on your own kids. So there is absolutely a process that needs to continue where you work through not just the intellectual illumination that I can bring to bear, but the longer-term emotional work to make sure that the habits don't resurface. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. That's no, mighty, I, mighty I confidence really for somebody familiar. who's just had an hour, right? Yeah, it is a shock. It's, it's a shock. <laughs> give it a I shot. Mean, just say, give it a when shot. When someone right? says it to you I'm, just I'm, so I'm, plainly, and you just hear it, and it's, it's yeah. It's, and and all you did was just clarify what she said. You just you didn't like bring in anything new. You just put it in black and white. Oh yeah, I I didn't have anything. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm the guy who won't lie. Right, and I'm the guy who has nothing to lose by telling you the truth. Right, everyone who's going to be invested in you. Right, so you go and talk about this stuff with a friend who also has issues with her parents. She's going to say, "Oh, you yeah. just have to forgive your parents." Why? Because yeah. that's what she wants to do, not because it has anything to do with the truth. Right. Whereas I'm the guy, like I got no family, I got no friends. <laughs> like, you two have this life. But but what I'm saying is that I don't have. Any- <laughs> Welcome to the desert island of truth. No, but. I don't have any box about the truth because I've dealt with all of this stuff. I yeah. spent years in therapy. I've de food and, and, and Christine has gone through this. And so I don't have any blocks towards telling you the truth. Whereas most, if not everybody that you meet in your life with each other accepted uh, and future friends and so on, but, but they all have a vested interest in obscuring the truth for yeah. themselves. And they're just willing to bury you with that nonsense too. Right. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Well, listen. I've, I've given you six million ideas. So uh, what I'll do is I'll I'll compile this up and I'll I'll uh, okay. I'll put it in a Skype chat, uh, download it, and have a listen to it. I personally think this would be a great podcast. Yeah. But but have a I, listen I to it really and, and just let me know if there's anything you want changed or edited or anything like that. Just let me. Know. Okay. Great. Well, uh, yeah, but, but okay, have a listen yeah. to it first, please. <laughs> just, just I was asked that, I, right? I just, just in uh, case you're really I... horrified. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it back. Don't release it. Whatever you do, right? Right. All right. Well, you guys did fantastically. I really do appreciate. Uh, I know that it's not the easiest thing in the world, but but I think it is. Um, uh, I mean, it is an essential process yeah, to gain is, some yeah. kind of clarity with this kind of stuff, and it's a hard thing to do. Thanks a lot, Steph. So I think you guys did magnificently. Yeah. Thanks. Right, thanks a lot. Bye. All right. I'll talk to you guys soon, eh? Thanks a lot. Bye.